We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio, an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. Welcome, friends, to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. This is the show that is for you and by you. We are a virtual community creating conscious conversation and the opportunity to have a place to delve a little deeper into life than you may do on your own. We are the show that is grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit, offering you a perspective from both sides of the fence, both worlds at the same time that you're not apt to find anywhere else. At least we didn't in our humble research as we were creating the show. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Callie Alpert. I'm here today in Long Island, New York with my dear friend, spiritual psychotherapist and co-host Steve Hassenberg. Hi, Callie. Hello. Well, guess, guess what? What? It's overcast in L.A. today. <laughs> I feel like we're just going to get a weather report every time we start the show, at least from the West Coast. It's overcast, and I'm feeling slightly depressed and lonely. Oh, really? Okay, well, you came to the right place. Okay, I'm so glad. Yeah, Will I, I get help here? <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, if, okay. you heed, if you heed your own advice, you will get help. Okay, yes. thank you. That was a beautiful segue, even though I don't buy one stitch of it. So... Dear listeners, have you ever felt lonely in your life, especially in this past year? Loneliness is, uh, it's an its an epidemic, and it's an epidemic that's been plaguing us in our physical health for a long time. COVID has broadened the scope, impacting people in relationships and families, as well as those who live alone. So the question becomes, do you know how to distinguish between loneliness and being alone? Because we're going to help you make that distinction, which might make things feel a little softer for you. And do you know how to see being alone for its virtues and its benefits? So today, the title of our show, Alone Versus Lonely, we're going to present some unique ideas and some reframes that we hope will help you to transition from the isolated and painful experience of loneliness, which we all know all too well, to a more warm and reconnected state of aloneness. So let's start with some of the statistics just to show, because um, you might be able to speak to this better than me, but um, even I I believe in like medical journals over the last handful of years, um, social isolation and loneliness have been uh, designated as an official uh, official like health crisis and syndrome. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing about living in a contemporary existence What they talk about a lot in research now is how connected we are on the Internet and how not connected, Mm -hmm. how unconnected we are Mm -hmm. in regards to being with one another. Yeah. So we don't have that kind of neighborhood experience that you and I grew up with. 
where we all knew everybody. Maybe you didn't, but I did. We yeah, all... no, I did. I'm very tribal. It was a real tribal situation. We neighbor grew up. To neighbor, street to street. All the wild kids grew up together making mm -hmm. mischief. Mm -hmm. And we would long to go out after school and hang out for hours. Yep. And this doesn't happen now. P kids are playing games. Actually, if I can go on for a minute. Please do, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg was asked today because he's appearing before the Senate about this. And uh, a Republican congresswoman said, my kids have been damaged by, so, by uh, Facebook because mm -hmm. they never get off it. Yeah. It's created so they become addicted. And they don't have regular kinds of social meetings with people anymore. Right. Yeah, it's the irony is um, is really amazing, too, because as we look at uh, the idea of so-called progress, helping humanity, the technological age as a way to take us, you know, higher and bigger and better. It does feel like it's just progressively taking us further and further away from our deepest desires to feel connected and to be seen and heard and affiliated. Absolutely. Right? So that's yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Mm -hmm. I think it's you could think about the uh, COVID situation this year as something like a plague, mm -hmm. and that caused a second plague, which was the plague of loneliness. There's a silver lining there, you know, that yeah. there were no shelter dogs left in the United mm -hmm. States. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know all the pups were adopted, thank goodness, or many, many I'm more. I'm so excited. L.A. just became a no-kill city for the first time in history. That's amazing. So there's there's plenty of beauty that came out of uh, the pandemic and, um, and still a lot of struggling and suffering and other pandemics with... Um, you know, racial dis-ease and a lot of people that are in pain in a lot of different ways. And a lot of the circumstances that the pandemic bred have also bred more loneliness as well. Right. Right. Um, so, and the other thing I'm thinking about, just as we're digressing a little bit, and we'll get back onto our um, statistics, is I keep thinking of um, John Nesbitt's book, um, Megatrends or Megatrends 2000, that he wrote in like the 80s. And he talked about, uh, and this at the time was, a, you know, a, a prediction about um, high, high, high touch, high tech society, I believe is the name of the chapter. And it had to do with just this sort of the, you know, the um, uh, just just the the craziness between thinking that we're moving forward and how that's really spreading us apart and how the more the technological age develops, the more we're going to have to find ways to actually find our hearts and our centers and each other. So it's it's an interesting conundrum for sure. Actually, let me throw this in. I, I've had a number of young clients mm. who have created avatars on their video games mm. and they actually felt much more stable and confident in their avatars than they ever did by in their own life mm. and it caused them to play the game more and more because that's where they were getting their yayas yeah yeah i know somebody a few people that used to be extremely dare i say even addicted to that the idea of kind of 
creating this alternate universe and sort of hiding behind it or finding safety behind it. So all this to say that loneliness and separation come in a lot of different flavors. And in terms of statistics, um, just a few to throw out to everybody, because our our goal today, besides what we just um, stated, which is we really hope to offer a reframe so that people can look at their loneliness in, in a way that could be more helpful instead and maybe a little less painful, is really just to start to know that you're not alone. I mean, all of us have felt this. Um, a lot of this have felt this, and it's not even because of COVID. It predates COVID, and COVID just um, magnifies and ex- you know exacerbated a lot. Um, but a third of adults, 45 and older, feel lonely. A quarter of um, older adults, 65 and older, feel isolated, socially isolated. And due to the COVID numbers, uh, those numbers are rising a lot more with older teens and young adults. Um, Loneliness also and and social isolation are a huge health risk. Again, as we speak probably more to older people, but even um, I'll put myself in this category of being 50 plus. So (laughs) I don't consider myself older, but it's um, I guess it's gotten it's more pervasive than um, than that is uh, it's tied to premature death, dementia, higher chance of heart disease and stroke. And um, so needless to say, this is a real thing and something that at least thankfully people are starting to talk about a lot because I think there's also a taboo um, historically about even saying I'm lonely and putting it out there and feeling like you have a safe place to go and people to hear you. Um, That's just my own intuitive take. I don't know that I have uh, quantitative uh, research on that. You know, physiologically what happens when we're lonely, there's a contraction that takes place. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, when I talk about contraction, I'm talking about physiological measures. And uh, there can also be an upticking in blood pressure, mm-hmm. adrenaline, depending on how many fears you have. Because loneliness, as you and I were talking about before the show, is really an incubator. Right. For fears and worries. And those fears and worries in a in a deeply moody state can a, a deep state of loneliness can really take us over. Mm-hmm. And when they take us over, it exacerbates an already difficult situation. So now we're lonely and now we're fearful that our life is never going to change, perhaps. Mm-hmm. That we're never going to find love, that we don't have the right kind of friendships, then all of a sudden I feel really isolated. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to have I, a job again. I'm never going to fill out my bank account right. again after whatever hit I suffered. Never so going to see my dreams realized. You're, you're feeling more and more marginalized, which is more of a contraction on the body. And so it kind of creates itself. Mm-hmm. That's difficult, such a difficult situation. It's such a great, um, helpful way to list to 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 um, sort of characterize it, though the idea of an incubator. Because hope, even as I'm listening to you say that, it helps to create again a little bit of a an opportunity to observe our loneliness uh-huh. and separate ourselves from it, almost uh, as if it is a, a formulaic contributor to us feeling worse. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, uh, and like you said, when our bodies are contracted and constricted, that's, and we feel out of alignment and we feel a sense of separation from higher things that make us feel um, a sense of connectivity. Those are the things that often damage our health. So it's a very holistic experience and a, and a really important one to be mindful of. So I think the first step here is just to really acknowledge it, you know, just acknowledge it and honor it. Um, and know that it's okay and that it's wildly pervasive and you're not alone, which might not help you feel any better, and perhaps it will. Um, it, it does sometimes because yeah. nobody wants to be the rare bird, <laughs> right, flying around by themselves. Right, right. So just imagine yourself in a big flock. Mm. You don't know the flock, <laughs> but you're in a big flock of right, people. Right, right. And in, in some ways, we, all, we humans are all in the same flock, really, but... That's, Aren't we? Yeah, we are. I uh, I wanted to just let anybody who's just um, joining us, you're listening to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. We are talking about the difference between feeling lonely and alone. And we're going to get into those distinguishing factors and help you to perhaps turn it, um, kind of transmute it a little bit. So take, the, take some of the ache away from the loneliness and recognize the opportunities that it certainly does offer. We promise you it does. And we will get to those in a moment. If you'd like to join the conversation, the number is 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. You can call with any questions. You can get free, valuable advice from our beloved psychotherapist here, the professional on the on the, on the call, <laughs> on the show. And um, if you'd like to share any stories, we are here to listen. We actually have a caller. Let's see if I can get on the line. Caller, are you there? Do we have our caller? Hi, can you tell us your name and where you're calling from? Maybe we might have lost. Okay, we'll see if we get that caller back. Um, Do we have the caller? I'm going to try one more time, and if not, we'll move on for now. Do we have our caller with us? Hi, I don't know if that's me. Hi, oh, uh, are you, obviously you're here, you can hear us, okay? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Okay, hi, we I'm were just sure having a little here, bit, I, I, I was, uh, it was me trying to get um, a caller on the line, I wasn't sure if you were there. What's your name and where you're calling from? Thanks for joining us hi. today. Hi, I wasn't expecting to get on so soon, so I'm startled. This is Nikki, and I'm calling from San Diego. Hi. Welcome, hi. Do you have a question or a comment about well, being lonely versus topic. feeling alone? Yes, it's such a good topic, and I'm very grateful. And um, uh, I have suffered from, like, severe isolation for about 10 years because of a medical condition before Mm -hmm. COVID, and now that's just a new layer. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, I guess the question would be, I'm wondering, you know, how much of it might be sort of circumstances or timing. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was younger and had my life was very full and I felt connected and healthy, and busy. I loved my alone time. You know, I love being alone and gazing out the window, sitting there. And and now, um, you know, it's just sort of things are so different and extreme. Um, by the way, I love what Steve what you said about incubator for fears and worries because it really is just such a horrifying cycle um, that goes down. But my other question: This might be a different show. I wish you guys would do a show on attachment styles. But I wonder if um, there's a relationship because when I like in the moment, 
if I feel connected somehow or loved, you know, or connected spiritually or to myself, then it's like, it feels like I could take a breath and enjoy being alone. Like that happened this morning, got an anxious attachment, but whatever, I felt like, okay, everything's okay. I'm not alone, alone. And then I could enjoy being alone. So it still mm-hmm. seems like it's about a sense of connection versus separation, even when you're physically alone. I have no idea. I hope you can find the question in my in my sharing here. I um, what I'm hearing, and um, because first of all, I totally understand and relate to everything you're saying. And one of um, one of the things I'm hearing is that when you feel like you're um, present and engaged in something, you feel more ov- uh, an overall sense of connectivity and a less of a sense of separation or loneliness. Is that the first thing I'm hearing? Well, yeah, the first part is, you know, when life was full and you're busy and doing things and healthy, it's, you know, and you're, you, it's, a, it's a balance. So then it's like your alone time is wonderful. If right. you're always alone and disconnected and separated and left out from life, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's too much. So that's just more about like the overall balance. And then right. the other question was sort of, um, I think that when I feel just, okay and alone versus lonely is when I still feel there's some connection that, yes. you know, said right. that horrifying sense of separation. And like you mm-hmm. said, even if we know we're not alone and being alone right there, that makes you feel like it's not just you. Right. I think one of the biggest pieces, and I'd love to hear um, Steve speak to this from his pro- professional um, psychotherapist mind, is that, um, and we were going to actually, uh, you teed up to something we, we definitely wanted to talk about today which is the difference between when you're looking for something external to fill you up and feel less lonely and, and when you have um, mm-hmm. sort of a control over it or a, a, an ability to, to um, look to your, for your internal faculties to fill you up and feel less lonely. I think that that mm-hmm. distinction, you know, also helps because it's, I mean, I relate to this a lot. You know, if I'm, if I've just seen, um, you know, a friend after not seeing anybody and being in isolation for a month, I'm in a better mood and I feel less lonely and more connected. So we're all humans and earthlings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we have those circumstances, they definitely check some boxes for the time being. But I think the bigger piece that I I hope I'm hearing from you, Nikki, um, that I'm hearing correctly, is um, where that line is where you can start to uh, summon up things internally that can help you fill it up regardless of your external circumstances. Right. Right. That is, yeah, that's part of it. And and this is probably just unique to me, but I, human design, which is a whole other thing, so I don't mean to bring that in, but my human design, allegedly, right. like, I don't have that in me. Like, I have zero of seven of those energy centers. So when I am on my own, you know, it's really like, it's, yeah, it's hard to summon that up. But anyway, I'll be quiet and so, listen to you brilliant so I'll, now I'll throw a little something in here. Um, The idea of circumstance is very, very important. So good circumstances are going to make us feel very safe, happy, um, connected, and challenging circumstances are going to throw us back on ourselves. So the circumstances of physical illness or um, any kind of debilitating situation that we have is going to make us question whether we're supposed to be here or not, and it will make us lonely. One thing that I can suggest that's a wonderful antidote for loneliness is moving from the head into the heart. Mm-hmm. And so it's what I found, it's usually my head that's very lonely, and that mm-hmm. energy in my head 
which can be comparisons or isolation or things not going well, can inform my heart for sure and make mm -hmm. my heart sad. But if I let myself do things that engage my heart, if I'm feeling lonely, like calling somebody and uh, helping another human being out, volunteering, um, there's so many things that we can do in helping other people or helping society that will transform a lonely situation into an, an alone proactive situation. That would be, that's what I would suggest. The other thing that's suggestible or that I'm suggesting is meditating because it's all about connection. And if we can connect with our inner life, if we can connect with that place that is beyond thought, that is peaceful and spacious and calm, even if we do a guided relaxation on the, on the internet, on YouTube, any of those things will help calm your situation and calm the mind. Does that connect for you that, or does that feel to um, throw away playing devil's advocate? Like easy for, for me, easy for anybody to say if you're not in the depths of despair of loneliness in a variety of ways. Does that feel like there's room for something like that when you're in those situations? Uh, yeah, no, I love the idea of moving from your head to the heart and um, because, yeah, the head is comparison and isolation and me, I mean, it really is it was that incubator for fear and worry um, right. and moving to the heart. Um, and Steve said it, I think, and when he said meditation, because it's all about connection. And that kind of was my question that even if you're alone and separated, it's that feeling that you're not separate. And then right. you're connected. Exactly. So, and um, that's, you know, that's the key. Yeah. Thank you for that, Nikki. Yeah. I remember when, um, when I was, uh, so I, I, I've told this story and I feel like, you know, I could, it can sound a little whiny, but just as an example of my experience. No whining. During, <laughs> I don't mean to whine. It's just my real story. So I'm someone who historically has had a lot of alone time. I'm like half loner and half social butterfly, and I can really do both really well. But between, um, just my logistics, having most of my closest friends on the planet not living near me, um, a very small pot of them uh, have over the years, but a lot of my friends for the last 10, 15 years have not lived near me um, and not being romantically involved for a few years. And then six weeks before lockdown, moving two hours north from where I was living to a very um, quiet, secluded, beautiful um, on a good day, but during an, a pandemic, not conducive to socializing and meeting people for a new job. And then six weeks later, we had lockdown. So there I have been for this last year um, in a, uh, a rental a place that I'm subletting, which is just a basically one room, beautifully located, but a very limited space alone without knowing many people, trying to foster the relationships in whatever way I could, which has been a huge challenge. And I remember one of the things at the beginning of COVID, I was talking to Steve because I was really trying to process, like, how am I going to look at this from a learning experience and from a life curriculum experience? And Steve said to me, well, maybe you're just meant to know God a little bit better right now. Mm -hmm. And that's why mm -hmm. this situation is being given to me. And so 
separate beyond the fact that I've also worked hard to change my external circumstances. I've traveled further to see like the one or two friends that are in my, you know, my COVID safe group of people, which has not been convenient, but has been precious. The other thing I've done is I've deepened my practice deeply and I've tried to become more accepting of the fact that this is the circumstance that's given to me. So let me lean in and work with it. I'm far from having mastered it on on a lot of days. I'm not that good at it. Um, but it's just, uh, I do think that, um, there's something very valuable about really knowing that where you are is exactly where you're supposed to be as cliche and bandied about as that is. Um, Callie, you know, can, I, can I say something uh, more please. honest than my previous answer? Okay. So thank you for sharing that. I, um, cause I'm a codependent caller, so I want to give an answer that <laughs> makes you guys happy. You don't but need to take you your energy me. doing that. It's okay. Yeah. So when you asked me if that was helpful, I mean, it was both. It was very helpful, everything that Steve said and all that. And when I'm really, truly in my depth of my aloneness and isolation, no, it's on the verge of, you know, trying to stay on the planet for that one more day. And so for me, uh, super quick, but I very extroverted, outgoing, da-da-da-da, out there. And then uh, something happened to me, a physical injury um, 10 years ago took a medicine, did something to my eyes, and I literally have been trapped inside. I cannot go out in the day, can't handle light, can't look at a computer. So I have mm-hmm. been so isolated every day for 10 years now until 7 p.m. And all the ways that I can't connect. And it has been torture. So yeah. um, anyway, I don't want to go, I'm not trying to go into my particular story, but it's just in those moments, um, it does feel very different and separate and isolating. And when it's that bad, yeah, I don't. You know, don't know what to do, but right. um, understood. Just to be more honest. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Well, thank you for sharing your story and for the candor. And we're going to keep talking about this as we continue with the show, and hopefully, we can offer some things that might be helpful for you. So, thank you for sharing and for thank calling you. in today. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Amazing. Um, so, I think that that's something you know. Again, everybody's got it's. It's not to minimize people's situations. It's very important to always honor wherever you're at. And some people have, people all throughout the planet have had some extremely drastic experiences, both collectively and individually. So this is not, um, there is no even playing field in terms of, uh, you know, like characterizing whose loneliness or loneliness is more challenging or, or deeper. It's that um, I think, you know, that, that the tools that we're going to offer in our um, the second half of our show are universal. It's just some people might have to dig deeper to access them than others. Do you think that's... Yeah, we're going to offer some phone numbers for people to call later on. And uh, the phone numbers are going to give them the opportunity to pe- talk to people when they're in those kind of dire situations that our last caller was in. So we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more specifically about ways that you can help turn your loneliness into a more peaceful aloneness. We'll be right back. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to One Soul Radio with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. 
Welcome back, everyone, to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. We are talking about the difference between feeling lonely and feeling alone. We're going to do a little bit more distinguishing between those two things in the second half of the show. If you'd like to join us to share any stories, ask any questions, get hopefully some helpful guidance, we are here for you. The number is 816-251-3555. So let's talk about, um, first of all, how well do you know the feeling of lonely? And what do you think is the difference between being alone and loneliness? How well do I know it? Yeah. You used to live with me. (laughs) Was your roommate for a while? Yeah, it brought all its bags into my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. So I I know it well. I know it really, really well when I was younger. Mm-hmm. During breakups with women I was in love with. I don't remember who broke up, and I'm not going to blame myself or them. But I remember the feeling very, very substantially. Yeah. The other thing too, before and I want to, um, I want to expound on that a little. When I think about um, how I, I know being alone really extensively, like we referenced earlier, I've spent lots of time alone, and I've moved to different states alone, and I've traveled the world alone, and some of it is by. Well, you could say on a higher plane, everything's by choice. Some's by choice. Some is because maybe I didn't have the, you know, the right person to travel with at that time and I didn't want that to keep me from from doing it but um, when we were talking about this show and I said to you I, I'm not sure that I'm in touch with the um, even for all I just said about this last year and really spending pandemic alone in a new place I haven't had that ache of loneliness so uh, much um, right. I certainly know it but then you bless your heart pointed out because you know me so well that there are plenty of other ways and versions in which my feelings have um, are reflective of loneliness, but they might come in the form of like wanting to share myself or feeling frustrated or feeling like, you know, impatient about wanting something to change, that there's a depression and a sense of loneliness that kind of underlies all of that as well. So I am a happy, not a happy member of the club, but definitely a deeply um, compassionate member of the lon- the Lonely Hearts Club, the Loneliness Club. Um, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts exactly. Club. Exactly. So what do you? Th- so what's the difference then um, f- between being lonely and being alone? And how does one become a little bit more accepting of the situation in order to transfer it to a more palatable, like aloneness? Well, I of think you, okay. The difference we talked about in the first half of the show. Uh, aloneness, there's a connection. It could be a connection with one of your passions, a connection with people, a connection with your heart, a connection with the source of your life inside of you, your higher self. Mm -hmm. There's some connection going on that's keeping you confident and stable and, and also strong with loneliness in the first half, we called it the incubator. Right. And it's the incubator for, we could say, a flood at times of emotion, a flood of fears, a flood of isolation. And so I think what you're driving at is that this flood has important meaning to us. Right. To take this flood seriously. I'm using the word flood for a dramatic effect. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a flood. Right. It can come in subtle ways or in very deep ways. We want to acknowledge both. Yeah. A lot of different packages. But the idea is to start looking at what is causing you to feel so deeply lonely. Mm-hmm. And if we start looking more closely, what we're going to find are important fears or beliefs that need to be transformed. So let's walk through what that exercise would look like. Like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> Uh, you know, you feel like, um, I'm I'm just, I'll just personalize it. I have a moment where I felt lonely, right? I recognize that I feel lonely. I recognize the feeling. Sometimes it means I want to like call a friend. Sometimes it means I want to have a cocktail, whatever it is. My first reflexive thing is I want to escape it. I don't want to lean into it. I don't want to feel it anymore. I want to resist it. Right. Uh, Right. So that's the first thing that happens to most people. So what do you do in that space exactly to take you further? So into if the... we're going to do this together, we'll really do it together. Yeah. So let, let's say that you decide that you're not going to escape it. That you're going to walk toward it. I often use this with my clients. Mm-hmm. Instead of running from something, let's gently and slowly walk toward it. Mm-hmm. So let's have you walk toward it right now. Oh, I didn't say I wanted to do a whole modeling thing here. Oh, you did? Oh, you did. <laughs> I don't know that I could do that on command for our oh, all really? listeners. Okay. No, I'm willing to play along because I know it'll be helpful. Just um, so the, the the next thing I would do because I've done this exercise in a million different ways. Whenever I feel oh, triggered okay. by anything, I, I you know I, I try to sit with it, feel the feelings. Right. Then I decide on on a, on a lot of days, not on every day to lean into it. What is this feeling? I try to trace it back. What is it I I really want to be feeling? I want to, you know, I I wish I had companionship, but then I trace it deeper. It really means that I'm feeling like I'm not connected to my higher self, or I'm feeling like I'm not feeling inspired and I could pick up something and be artistic. It's like, I try to get to know it, right? Try to give a little extra love, try to source the root of it, dig deep it's not fun it's not yeah. pretty no it's not right it it, it definitely takes you want some... to escape from it right, right. Uh, yeah so i would say there are times where i do want to escape and i will like pour a glass of wine and said and say forget about it i don't feel like doing this work and acknowledging it but if i'm going to do you know go with you and, and where you're um, where you're taking this conversation i would sit with it i'd probably meditate on it i'd let the feelings come up i'd let myself feel whatever i'm feeling um i would and then I'd probably get to dig a little bit deeper and find the pieces of me and what those triggers were that were incubated by the circumstantial loneliness. You're the, you're, you are the perfect student. <laughs> so she you, is a student. It's always- you actually, actually came up with all these great things. And then I would have you write them down. Mm-hmm. I'd have you carry that paper around with you. Mm-hmm. And each day I'd have you look at the things that could be changed, look at the things that are real, look at the things that are imaginary, start making the distinction between the two. Like what is true and what's my own story in my mind? Yep. Is that what you mean? And then maybe becoming proactive and acting on the maybe your desire to do watercolors. Mm-hmm. And what's holding you back from doing watercolors? So... Without going too far into this, because then we'll be 
into one of my office sessions. And we're offering free therapy to our listeners today. Right. And you get the sense of what therapy is like. Mm. Uh, that would be a great start. Mm-hmm. And it starts with the willingness to face yourself rather than turning from yourself. You also always say, I mean, you have a lot of great quotes in your back pocket that have to do with, and again, this is a leap of faith, but have to do with reminding people that we are all exactly where we are supposed to be. I said this oh. earlier. Um, and COVID, from a spiritual perspective, and again, not minimizing all the pain and suffering that has impacted millions of people in countless ways, including those who lost people to COVID. That's mm-hmm. another very important and timely collective um, version of loneliness right now, people that are um, that are experiencing the loss of loved ones due to this pandemic beyond everything else that um, takes people from this earth. Um, and now I just lost my train of thought because I was so feeling the, the, the I was feeling compassion for everybody who's lost somebody from COVID. Um, but I think that it's really um, important to recognize that um, circumstances are there for us to hold up a mirror for whatever it is that we need to learn and face exactly in that moment. So I could sit and kvetch about the fact that I really wish I'd had a partner and I romanticize everybody who had these fabulous families and companions in their households in this last year of lockdown. And, you know, I'll idealize that out the whatever, um, knowing all the while that that's not true um, and wishing that I were one of those people instead of sitting with my own thing. Um, And so then uh, I think it's just really important to acknowledge that we are all where we're supposed to be. And so it helps to kind of, like you said, sort of redirect where your thinking is so that you're not sort of mourning what you don't have, but you're looking at it as an opportunity to get to know yourself better. And that's a willingness to do inner work. Right. Not everybody is willing to do that. Yeah. But, But it's a willingness to look inside. It's a willingness to discover. And, uh, Okay, you reminded me of the Joe Campbell quote. Oh, yeah, thank you, because I did want to say that, because I think it's really helpful. Which is the path that you take is the one that you're ready for. Mm. And so that even means that the circumstances that you're facing are the one that you are ready for. And ready for is a positive, even though challenging, which means that it's evolutionary that the circumstances in your life are always prodding you or pushing you to get a little larger, get a little bigger. Sometimes it will seem they're prodding you to get smaller. Mm. But those challenging circumstances that feel that they're prodding you to get smaller are just bringing up fears. What does that mean, prodding you to get smaller? What's an example? A very challenging circumstance. Something horrible happens in the world, like covid And now we're afraid to go out. Oh, I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to see anybody. I'm not leaving my house. I've got, I actually have some clients like this. No blame here. I am not leaving my house for one full year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get Postmates to deliver all my food. I'm shutting the windows, closing the blinds because I'm afraid of dying. Mm -hmm. So that would be prodding to get smaller Mm -hmm. because it's bringing up fears. Right. And again, there's nothing, it's nothing wrong with that. Right. I'm willing to talk about that. Yeah. But nonetheless, it brings out all kinds of experiences and reactions. So it's almost like you're, um, I, I think about the um, Paolo Coelho, um, one of my favorite writers, oh, and yeah. his um, seminal book, The Alchemist, 
Yeah. I don't know if this is too much of a stretch, but how, you know, you can travel far and wide to find yourself, but it's really always exactly where you're standing or exactly where you came from. Um, this might be a little too much of a poetic Pollyanna stretch for some that are hurting, their hearts are hurting from loneliness right now. But there is, if you, if you continue to do this work or try to at least explore this reframe that we're suggesting, you do kind of land on the fact that you're standing on your own, um, like the big X on the buried treasure map, you know, and that's, <laughs> you know, on a good day, I really try to look at it yeah. like that. Um, yeah. And except I, I don't every day, but that's always my, my aspirational goal is to look at all of the things that show up in life and all the challenges as an opportunity and as a, a greater learning that we've actually, um, that that's been given to us or, and perhaps even that we brought to ourselves on some level, if you want to take it to another more ethereal plane in chinese Um, the character for change has two meanings because the chinese language has two meanings or more in it and one meaning is um challenge and the other meaning is fear and they kind of go they're they're kind of interchangeable right they live next to each other don't they don't they yeah so yeah, I just um I really it, it's this is it, this is such a tender topic because I know so many people I, I mean again I've experienced it deeply plenty of times in my life. I know so many people around me that are really hurting. There's people in relationship and in families that are feeling really lonely despite the physicality of other people around them. Um, I think we had actually a caller we can address even if she uh, we lost her from the line, but I think I heard when um, she was being screened by shout out to Jeff, our engineer producer here um, at Unity. Um, she was saying is why is it feel like it's um, I, I think what I heard was why is it that sometimes like the same circumstance can feel really lonely and other times it's completely acceptable and it just feels like she's alone, that it's like a um, it that it shifts, that it's transient. And so that you could feel like one way about the exact same situation and and then feel on the other side of the coin, like the next day about the exact same situation. Um, again, moody. Yeah. We have moods. Uh, we have emotions. We have fears. We have beliefs. We have worries. So as human beings, we're cycling through that for most of us, at very rapid rates. So one day when you get up, you'll feel wonderful and the world will feel wonderful. There's a great saying in India, the world is as you are. Mm -hmm. And so on that day that you get up in the right side of the bed. (laughs) Which is so lovely when that happens. you, You might be alone all day, but you're not going to feel bad about it. You're going to maybe relish your time alone and take a solo trip in the woods and listen to the birds and look for the raccoons. But on another kind of day, you'll wake up on the left side of the bed and you'll be in a different kind of mood because you don't have enough money to pay your bills and you'll feel very alone and very marginalized and very scared. And so this is human life. But what we're learning today is we can learn from being very scared and we can learn from being very isolated. And there are a lot of parts to that 
that we can face, that we can walk toward, that we can pick apart and start learning from. And the one thing I can also say um, as we try to offer up this um, suggestion for a new kind of way to redirect the, these painful feelings is I, I promise to anybody who cares and anybody who wants to even explore this, that once you make a commitment to play with it, even for like a few days or a week, even though it definitely gets easier as you do it cumulatively for long periods of time, you know, practicing your own whatever self-growth or these exercises, that if you sit, I, I had this experience about a month ago where um, I had a few different um things that really struck me that were really triggering me. I was feeling upset about, and there were some common themes to them. So I, I recognize that as an opportunity to really sit with this. And as soon as I sat with it, um, and as soon as I dug a little bit deeper, and as soon as I got in touch with like the real core of where those triggers came from, it was almost like something shifted in my body and the, the ache of it went away. It really did. Um, maybe not permanently, but in that it was like, I could feel that shift you know, really, really palpably for like a, a day or two. And so it's not like this is some big, crazy exercise. I mean, certainly the more you commit to yourself, the easier it gets and the more um, the more benefit you, you enjoy. But even if you decide to take on this crazy notion and think it's, um, you know, something very unusual and out there, just try it. Try it for a week and see if you feel better. From, a, really meta from a, a metaphysical basis, light always is behind darkness. Mm -hmm. But the only way we get to the light sometimes is by being willing to go through that dark period. Yeah. So you were willing to go through what is dark, what is challenging, what is frightening, which is scary, and get to the other side. And when we get to the light, then the feeling that we have kind of evaporates. It really like, does. Like rainwater coming off the earth, going into a cloud. <laughs> His, your, your beautiful artist self just made a little appearance there. Um, yeah, it really does. It's true. And it really comes down to, and if we want to back up and just talk about it again in sort of earthling um, words, and then we're going to get to our action steps for the week. It really um, is the difference between uh, leaning in and surrendering or um, resisting and running away from like that's just sort of bare bones simple terms the 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 distinction between these approaches and uh anyway we invite you to try them you can share your experiences with us we'd love to hear i'm gonna so, try it are you gonna try it for once finally finally oh my gosh right? your whole life you've been waiting for this moment to finally cave a little bit for it's goodness because sakes. of your willingness to go through that experience and i saw the benefit of it well, I would say we've both earned our spiritual stripes with lots of stuff through our <laughs> lives. So um, so our action steps for this week, um, in terms of trying to, again, kind of soften the, the ache of loneliness and find ways to feel a little bit more peace around it. One is to just sit and spend 15, 10 to 15 minutes in quiet. Go sit under your favorite tree or hide in a room away from your family or take a walk or whatever it might be. Just find some moments for yourself and just think about this last year. Just evaluate it. Think about what your greatest challenges were. You can take a little notebook and write down a list, you know, on one side, your greatest challenges. And then are they resolved or not? And is there anything that comes up for you when you really sit and pay attention to, um, you know, just what, what you may have learned? Um, I, they might I, not be resolved. That's okay I actually too. think that's so important right now. Yeah. Because 
my take on one of, listen, there's so many reasons, but one take on the pandemic was the fact that we were becoming too disconnected. Mm -hmm. Disconnected from ourselves, disconnected from each other, disconnected from nature. And the pandemic forced us, not that we all took the journey, but it forced us to be alone, to face ourselves, to face the energies that were coming up. And if you take this time to write these down for the, what happened during the last year, what's resolved and, and what is not resolved, I think you're going to learn a lot about yourself. And that's part of the inner work that we've been talking about during the show. Yeah, I find that I'm such a big fan. I'm like, a, I'm like, a maybe it's a little obsessive, but I'm, I'm an avid list maker. And I'll often list just anything I'm thinking about or feeling, whether it's what I'm feeling gratitude for in a certain day, what I'm struggling with in a certain year, what I aspire to in a certain year's day, like whatever it is, you know, I write it down, but it really gives it, it first of all, it gets it out of your body and out of your mind and heart. So it lightens your load. Um, there's a, there's something energetically, um, freeing about writing things down, I think. True. And then also it's there for posterity and you can look at it and mm -hmm. it sort of is your other, you know, it's your mirror kind of looking back at you and, um, documenting how it is you're feeling and, you know, and what it is your, um, you know, what it is your, uh, how, how you're processing things. I also think the reason it's important we're spending, we've got a little extra um, time for these today. So we'll spend a little more, a little, another moment on this one is because the world is opening up. And I think that a lot of people, you know, God willing, um, we're going to really turn a, a bigger corner. We're turning slower corners gradually between um, COVID, God willing, being under control, vaccines, helping um, people to stay healthy. Um, hopefully everybody, you know, finding more peace and love from all the other points of unrest that we've suffered with in this last year. Um, but because we're at that precipice and we're about to switch it up. I think it's really important before we just pop back to quote unquote normal or whatever this new normal is going to be, that we really take the poignancy of what we've been through collectively as human beings in this last year with us. I think it's so important. So it feels like a good time to do that. It really is because, um, you know, we want to be open to our own vulnerability. It allows us to feel more. It allows us to love more. It allows us to be more generous. It allows us to reach out more. And we've all been, we've hit the wall this year in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And we've all been vulnerable. And it's kind of good to take that vulnerability out in the way that it's made us grow. Yeah. Take your I, growth with you. Yeah, exactly. Take it with you instead of just running toward back to like, whatever it is that we, you know, all think we want to return to that place isn't, doesn't exist anymore, frankly, right. you know, it doesn't. And I'm kind of happy about that. At least, Me too. you know, um, the second action step is to pick someone in your life that, you know, feels lonely and reach out to them, be proactive, reach out to them to offer them a sense of connection. When I was writing this action step down in the notes, I was thinking about how when COVID first struck, I actually told a very close friend, can you please keep in touch with me? I'm a little concerned with myself. Uh -huh. And I didn't hear, I never, I didn't hear from her for a very oh, long really? time. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, she's a dear friend who I love very yeah. much, but maybe the timing was off for her. Maybe it was asking too much. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it takes a lot of nerve to, to ask for help or to ask people, you know, that, to keep an eye on you. But the point is, is that the other way it can happen is to keep your eyes open and your heart open for people that need you. Maybe take a minute out of your day. You know, um, I was telling Steve the other day that um, 
at Omega Institute where I work, we had a course with um, with Dan Millman, who wrote The Way of the Peaceful Warrior and a lot of other amazing books. And one of the things he said when he was sharing some lessons is that the best way to sort of give and find your way into more um, enlightenment is to be aware of other people's needs when you least have the energy to give it, give it away to them. Like when you're not feeling it, when you did wake up on the wrong side of the bed, still take a moment to think about what somebody else might need. And especially if they're feeling lonely, call them, ask them to take a social distance walk list, give them a, give them an ear, you know, um, it's something that can really make a difference and ripple out. And then thirdly, ask for help and know you're not alone. There are countless, um, national hotlines and resources there's local social services with so um, with counsel available and um, and therapy available. A few examples that we have to offer you are that Steve offered um, our CalHope, which is specific to California, but anybody could call. Yes, C- but it's it's national. C A L Hope, um, and the number is eight three 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 one seven four six seven three, and the other is Samaritans hope.org, which is a 24 seven helpline that you could call or text. So, um, or review those action steps one more time for everybody. The first one we suggest is to spend 10 to 15 minutes in quiet, evaluating this past year and just sitting with what your greatest challenges have been. Have you resolved them? What do you hope to resolve? What have you learned? And just get to know this, this part of you a little bit more so that you can take the, the jewels with you as we reemerge into the world and use this time to get in touch with these things a little bit more deeply. Secondly, pick somebody in your life that you know feels lonely. Be proactive, reach out to them, offer them a sense of connection. You'll feel good about yourself in the process. And thirdly, ask for help. Know you're not alone. There are lots of hotlines um, uh, and resources out there. Call Hope, uh, Cal Hope, 833-317-4673 and SamaritansHope.org. We want to thank everybody for listening. You can find us at One Soul Radio at, on Instagram, One Soul Radio Podcast on Facebook. And we will see you and talk with you next week. Thank, thank you, Thank you, Callie. Thank you, Steve. Great. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.